This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, dreams and nightmares in the age of coronavirus. And finally, she gets out of her car, something like compels her, and she had this like kind of terrifying sense. And she writes at the end, would someone come to save me or some thing come to get me first? If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. That's over 350 episodes. To subscribe, just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Gain Access to Premium Episodes. Again, Go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Get Access to Premium Episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Friday. This is Good Friday for Orthodox Christians around the world, the most holy time of year on our calendar. I hope wherever you are, you're well. It looks like at least in some states, things are going to start opening up very soon. President Trump has announced a three-phase strategy which will allow states to start easing restrictions and opening up businesses again. And the decision, quite frankly, couldn't come too soon. The U.S. economy is on the brink of collapse. And if the U.S. economy goes down, we all go down. As bad as the coronavirus pandemic may be, it's nothing compared to a deep worldwide depression. 
poverty and despair would kill far more people. Let's hope they start letting people get back to work up here in Canada very soon as well. Although, that's not what we're hearing from our government officials, and I think it's very ill-advised. Just a reminder, I'll be hosting Coast to Coast AM tomorrow night, Saturday, April the 18th, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Pacific. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information and to find a local affiliate near you that carries the program. Speaking of coast... The Coast to Coast AM web producer, Lex Lone Hood, is here. He's also a fine writer, and he'll discuss how the coronavirus is affecting people's dreams and nightmares. Lex has been the web producer for Coast to Coast AM, America's most popular overnight radio show since 2002, and was a longtime features writer for After Dark, Coast's affiliated print magazine, over the last 17 years. His work has been read by millions of people, and he's earned respect for his keen ability to evaluate the often esoteric and complex material presented by guests on Coast to Coast AM. His illuminating yet concise summaries and articles stand as a valuable database and resource for those studying a wide range of topics, including the paranormal, fringe science, and alternative theories. Lex Lonehood, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on your show, Richard. Dreams and nightmares in the age of coronavirus. First of all, how do people find this uh, wonderful article? Well, they can find it through my website, which is nightmare.land. That's nightmare.land, L-A-N-D. And it's in the media section. Uh, The article is actually posted on medium.com and... um, excerpted on the Coast to Coast website. So if you're a Coast fan, you can find the article listed under recent articles. And this this article comes uh, hot off the heels of the release of your book, Nightmare Land Travels at the Borders of Sleep. That's right. It definitely, it felt almost like an addendum to the book, because uh, I was really covering a lot of the darker side of the dreamscape. And as we all got enveloped in this COVID-19 miasma, it definitely started affecting the way people dream and even increasing nightmares. So it seemed kind of like a natural um, connection with what I was writing about in the book. And to what extent was this inspired by your own dream? I think I was starting to wonder, well, as, as this becomes our reality, will we start to have our own coronavirus dreams. And so I was pondering that. And and I, I did have several things that seemed to reference it, but it really was just something in the air more than I kind of just felt like my <laughs> my particular dreams were just added to the pile of uh, the, the larger consciousness that was going through this. Uh, you you surveyed the, the vast Coast to Coast AM uh, audience, and you got some amazing responses uh, share one of your favorites uh, with me, if you would. Sure. Um, yeah, the Coast audience was great. They really were very generous in taking the time to to um, write out some of their their dreams that they were having that were often pretty troubling. One of them that I thought was was very intriguing because it made you wonder, was someone seeing some kind of eerie portent of the future? Because there is that long tradition of certain dreams being premonitions. 
And in this case, um, uh, a, um, a, a woman who's a trucker named Sandra F. had this dream that was so disturbing to her, she, she was unable to return to sleep. And it was, it was kind of like, almost like she was watching a movie and, and seeing this, this media landscape where services were no longer functioning and the government, um, President Trump and his advisors were no longer being seen on TV or even heard from at all. And she, she writes, President Trump was no longer being seen on TV and he was only heard via radio or sound bites. In my dream, it didn't sound exactly like him anymore, like they put a sound-alike in his place, and he seemed cold and distant. He was saying, there's nothing more we can do. It has overtaken us, and there is no stopping it. In so many words, good luck. And the feeling that overcame me was absolute panic. So it, it does have the, the flavor of, of one of those disaster films where you're where they often kind of cut to the media reports, and you see how the um, catastrophe is affecting the world at large. But uh, it was kind of intriguing to to see see that response. Right, right. Like something out of sudden impact or uh, the day after tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like something you... It, was, it wasn't completely far-fetched. Like, you could kind of imagine that sort of scenario where... If if the president was was down, they might want to try to reassure the public by <laughs> putting someone that sounds like him in his stead. I guess it's kind of a trope that they do in some of the other countries like North Korea and different places. Right, right. But you ponder in the article uh, whether how much of this uh, is uh, sort of portends the future and how much uh, of it might have to do with binge watching something on Netflix like uh, Contagion or uh, the series Pandemic? Yeah, I mean, I think we all know that our media diet can affect our sleep ecology, if you want to call it that. I learned uh, quite some time ago, it's not a good idea to watch some sort of horrific or violent thing right <laughs> right before going to sleep, because it just seems like that kind of imagery can can penetrate the the dreamscape and and influence you. Um, on kind of a lighter note, I um, uh, included in the article uh, someone who had a dream related to that Netflix series Tiger King. It actually came from uh, uh, Professor Deidre Barrett is doing a, a survey as well, and um, this person wrote. I dreamt that I was so out of luck, he'd, he'd lost all his bookings and business because of the pandemic, that my only option was to go and work for Joe Exotic and sleep in those filthy, filthy cabins and eat out-of-date Walmart food. I was so <laughs> glad to wake up. Uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. some of us are getting to the bottom of the barrel in terms of uh, binge-watching. We've all seen The Crown maybe two or three times. Uh, what's left, you know? So uh, it's it, that's interesting. That's kind of a sidebar how uh, coronavirus is kind of resurrecting careers or injecting uh, status into, uh, into projects that might not have uh, had that otherwise. Right. It's kind of a timing issue, too. Like that that Tiger King series really seems intertwined in my mind with the whole pandemic just because it came out and everyone was watching it right as we were all starting to shelter in place. Right. Um, 
there's an interesting story that that comes, or a dream rather, documented by a 72-year-old male nurse uh, named Bob R. Uh, tell us about that one. Yeah, that was uh, particularly d- disturbing. He had, because of medical conditions, had been in quarantine himself and was unable to assist people in, in clinical care. And so in his dream, he was actually back in an ER in, in Ohio where he had worked. And they wheeled in this uh, adult male who was considered DOA and he was covered in an old blanket. So they started transferring him to a morgue cart because they didn't want to contaminate things in the ER room. And that's when he noticed his Western boots. And he he thought to himself, those are really nice boots. I have a pair just like them. So he he walked up to the the person's head and pulled back the blanket. And it was his own face lying in the gurney. Hmm. So I, I joke in the article, at least he died with his boots on. <laughs> oh, that's what I like best about you, Lex, your dark sense of humor. Uh, and you have to have that, right, these days in particular. Um, but, but you talk about, I mean, death in dreams, if you look, I guess, more at the, the Jungian symbology, it means it doesn't always mean, it doesn't always portend your own demise, right? Right. Death... Uh, even like the death card in tarot, for instance, as well as in dreams, uh, different interpreters or analysts uh, will often suggest that it, it represents change or transformation, trying to sort of <laughs> uh, calm people a little bit like, oh, this isn't necessarily what it means. But I think when you're going through this pandemic and and you're seeing these daily death tolls, a lot of times the symbolism is, is somewhat chipped away and these things may simply be more taken more on a face value. Right, right. Which, I mean, it begs the question, uh, are we being, are our dreams being influenced by coronavirus or are we having our dreams, which then we're flipping the lens around and we're trying to, to interpret our dreams through the coronavirus lens? You know what I mean? That's really, yeah, that's, I, I've wondered that exact same thing. I, I think both are true in a way because certainly pre-pandemic, there was no shortage of weird dreams and people conjuring all sorts of morbid and crazy things in the dreamscape. So I think we are kind of slapping on this filter because of what we're going through. But that being said, at least I thought it was kind of anecdotal. Everyone's talking about uh, hashtag pandemic dreams and everyone's having weird dreams, but there wasn't necessarily scientific evidence to back that up. But actually, I just saw a piece in National Geographic yesterday that talked about a study, an ongoing study at the Lyon Neuroscience Research Center in France that got started in March after the pandemic was rolling. And they found a 35% increase in dream recall among participants with the respondents reporting 15% more negative dreams than usual. And there's a a different study uh, over in Italy that's uh, analyzing the dreams of Italians that are confined during the outbreak, the outbreak, and um, many of the people are experiencing nightmares and parasomnias that are kind of similar to PTSD type of uh, incidents. 
That certainly makes sense. When we reduce the amount of external stimuli, stimuli. Um, so for example, now we're not going, we're not out interacting with people. Some people may not, you know, be binge watching TV. May, may, some people may not even have the internet. They are really alone with their thoughts and we've, they've reduced the external influences. Um, I'm wondering how that might affect dreams. It's interesting. I think uh, one thing I've read is that people might start having more incidents from their past come up where the, an old friend they hadn't talked to in a long time. And I think there, there could be something to that because our dreams often are reflective of our daily lives where if we run into someone or have a certain incident, it might reverberate or play off in certain symbolic ways in our dreams, so if we don't have that stimulus, we may pull more from the past to, to kind of occupy our dreams. It also um, made me think that um, if this, this whole um, confinement continues to go on, or even after where they're, they're not having a lot of events, sporting events and concerts and things of that nature, it could perhaps create a boon for something like lucid dreaming, where people could create uh, this whole compelling situation where they're at a concert of one of their favorite artists or something of that nature. Right, right. Uh, do you remember when isolation tanks were all the rage back in the, I guess, the early 90s? I, I do. Did you ever try one out? I did. I did. I, 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 was, at, uh, I was in college at the time and I, and I, and I uh, did an isolation tank. Uh, I think I did an hour or something and I did it on consecutive days and then I wrote a, a piece for the school paper, I think. Uh, and I was reading some interesting studies at the time, it's going back a ways now, but about how uh, isolation and and, re and reducing external stimuli uh, can affect the brain and can your mind can start to play tricks on you. Uh, and so I'm wondering, you know, again, going back to that example of people who are isolated during coronavirus and they don't have Netflix and so forth, uh, whether that might you know, their dream world might start to sort of bleed into reality be as a result. It's, it's possible. I mean, I suspect that people that have a tendency towards various parasomnias like sleepwalking and sleep eating and sleep paralysis, there's a whole host of different disorders that I write about in my book, they may, because of anxiety and being deprived of normal stimuli, may be more prone to to start having those those experiences. Uh, one thing, uh, it's a little bit of an offshoot from what you're saying, but of interest, I think, is this idea that uh, isolation, when people have done experiments to sleep in, in kind of a darkened area without electric light, they found that the natural physical tendency of sleep is to sleep in two separate periods. And this correlates with some historical research that I ran across, that that was traditionally the way people slept in two, two different cycles. They would kind of get up for an hour after sleeping for uh, three or four hours and then kind of read by candlelight or do whatever they <laughs> were doing. And then have a second sleep cycle, and that was borne out in these uh, a couple of uh, experiments that people did. 
Right. Again, as kind of a sidebar, but our and our our actual daily cycle, our what would you call those rhythms? Um, the there's a name for it. It escapes me. Uh, but but it's actually based on a twenty five circadian rhythm. circadian rhythms are actually based on a twenty five hour clock and not a twenty four hour clock. Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I I think well, one thing that disturbed me a little bit about the whole circadian rhythm thing is because I'm working for coast to coast. I have such a skewed schedule, and I sleep during the day somewhat vampiristically, but. I found out that that those circadian rhythms are actually built into every cell of our body. So, <laughs> they since I'm going against the grain, it seemed like it wasn't uh, perhaps the best <laughs> the best lifestyle. More of my conversation with Lex Lonehood when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. It's time once again to bring in Colleen Forgus, our nutritional therapist and the manager at the Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary. Hello once again, Colleen. How are you? Fantastic, Richard. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. You know, I'm getting emails from older gentlemen wondering about the Full Script Dispensary and what we have to offer in terms of prostate health and prostate function. Yes, and this is a really common issue as men age. And the product I recommend to many of my clients is called Sal Palmetto, S-A-W, Palmetto, and it's by Yarrow Formulas. This product is designed to support the prostate health, which is good for urinary and bladder function, as well as sexual function. And those things are just part of the normal aging process, but Sal Palmetto is a great product to help men as they're aging. Fantastic. Sal Palmetto for your prostate. Thanks, Colleen. Thank you, Richard. Take care. To get your Saul Palmetto, go to strangeplanet.ca and then click on the Full Script Dispensary button. Remember, orders receive 10% off and orders of $50 or more ship absolutely free. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider. Richard has tiny talking insects living in his sock drawer. We are bags and we are living in Richard's sock drawer. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Lex Lonehood, Coast to Coast AM web producer and writer, is here. And again, it's dreams and nightmares in the age of coronavirus, which is kind of a, an offshoot of uh, your book, Nightmare Land, Travels at the Borders of Sleep. Uh, but you also talk about how natural disasters, dreaming about natural disasters, sort of take on a whole new uh, meaning and symbology in this age of coronavirus. Talk to me about that. Yeah, there were a number of... Uh dreams of that ilk that came in from the the coast respondents uh there was a woman named naomi that uh wrote about being in the midst of a tsunami that just engulfed the whole beach area that she was living nearby and there was this mad dash to try to escape and get up to the apartment that was up on a hill and when she got in there everyone was just desperately trying to get uh, up to these back windows to to escape. And there was another dream that I got with a tsunami uh, where a woman named Brittany talked about how the government said a killer wave will arrive at 4.44 a.m. And indeed, her four-story home toppled. And when she crawled out of it, she saw that 30 feet away, a giant cruise ship had landed 
had been brought onto the shore from a huge wave. And quoting here, all of the windows were full of people just standing there, staring, expressionless and motionless. Oh, my. That's, so, that's, that's right out of uh, the day after tomorrow, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So you, you can imagine how these natural disaster type things would could kind of represent the feeling that we might be having during the pandemic, this, this inundation and sense of panic. And even on a more literal level, uh, I was thinking about how the most severe symptom of, of COVID is how the lungs fill up with fluid. So it's sort of a water reference there. Yes, that is one of my um, most basic fears is, is either drowning or suffocating. Uh, and I and I often dream about being in a confined place, um, but in, if I were to have one of those dreams now, I would certainly have to relate it to you know worry about contracting COVID nineteen. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, we really are viewing things through that filter right now. Just going back to the book uh, Nightmare Land, uh, travels at the borders of sleep. Uh, what what do you have to say about the the purpose of dreams? I mean, why why are we subjected to these horror movies every night? <laughs> well, I think the dreamscape can can wildly vary. That's why, in my opinion, I think a lot of the the different theories as to why we dream don't don't completely answer the question because I think we have such a variety of dreams that these theories may apply in certain cases. Like certainly we could find classic examples of, <clears throat> of Freud's <clears throat> wish fulfillment in a, in a dream. And other times it's, it's like you're saying, why would I be wishing to have <laughs> this horrible experience? It, it doesn't make sense. One of the more, um, theories, uh, popular theories that seem to have a lot of currency today is the idea that dreams are used to process emotions and memories. And I, I think that that holds weight in a lot of dreams, but other times it, it really doesn't seem to apply. So I don't, I don't, I think that it's just that there's so many different kinds of dreams. It's hard to slap some overall theory on it that really covers all the bases. The REM sleep is supposed to also provide some restoration and, and they've done studies as you know where they'll they'll interrupt someone's REM sleep in a, in a sleep lab uh, and after you know several days that person becomes a downright uh, ornery irritable aggressive even uh, do do nightmares also have a restorative value I, I don't know if I'd use the word restorative I think they they can be therapeutic for people because uh, repeated nightmares for instance, are often said to be coming back to a person because they're not dealing with some kind of psychological issue, something that the subconscious keeps bringing forth to the person because they need to deal with it in some way. So uh, there is there is that as as a kind of therapy. In a, a section of your article, uh, dreams and nightmares in the age of coronavirus. There's a um, under the subheading of isolation nation. Uh, a coast listener, Cynthia N. And uh, my gosh, she, she's a bit of a word smith herself. She writes, 
A chill tickled my neck, waltzing down to rest between my shoulder blades, causing me to shudder. It felt as though a cat had walked upon my grave. My word. You may have to <laughs> get that person a publishing uh, deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was struck by the, by her writing as well, and I like your your rendition. Maybe you can do the audio book. <laughs> Sold. But but what was Cynthia Anna on about there? She was talking about being in this this very eerie, isolated business area. So it seemed to be kind of reflective of the closures and and sort of spinning out this Twilight Zone-like story based on her experience of not being able to, to do her, her regular shopping. And she was in this kind of old 1950s area with these like bungalows that had been turned into dentist's office. And it just, it just was super desolate. And then finally she, she gets out of her car, something that like compels her and and it just she had this like kind of terrifying sense and she writes at the end would someone come to save me or some thing come to get me first hmm wow uh you write about phantasms and and, and we're all familiar with the old hag uh, i'm wondering if any of your coast listeners that you surveyed talked about being visited by some such phantasm or shadowy figure an old hag I, I wonder if, if those types of uh, those types of uh, phenomena are on the rise well I did hear from a 76 year old uh, former nurse Kathy who described herself as not easily frightened but about a week into the shelter in place decree she began waking up with this feeling, it was around 3 a.m., that she wasn't alone in bed. And, and she lives alone, so <laughs> it was pretty disturbing. And it was not, according to her account, a dream. So at first she kind of just thought, okay, this is just some kind of crazy imagination thing. And then it kept reoccurring. She writes, the room was very dark, but because I have a window on that side, I saw a dark outline of a person laying on their side facing me. I didn't feel threatened, but definitely scared. I quickly turned my head back so if they opened their eyes, I wouldn't see them in case they were shiny or red. I didn't want to see them, to, to see me looking at them. And, and it happened to her five or six times. And, and she she wonders, could it be like an angel of death or more positively like a guardian angel? I, I suspect that, that it could be a form of sleep paralysis, which a lot of those cases involve a person seeing some sort of malevolent entity in the room. So it, it had that kind of flavor to me but it, it really is hard hard to say. Certainly the anxiety, that she might be going through because of the pandemic could, um, like I was saying before, cause an increase in these these kind of fractured dream states or parasomnias. Uh, who had the dream about the uh, the naked backyard intruder with no genitalia? <laughs> well, that was me, Richard. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, what I, happened? It, it was pretty pretty scary actually I, I wouldn't call it like a full-fledged nightmare 
But um, I have these uh, French doors that kind of look out into my backyard. And, and in the dream, I saw this this figure that was like a naked person. And it was just like, what? How did they get back there? So I, I thought, well, maybe it's a disoriented neighbor. You know, part, you know, at part, you're kind of like, well, maybe I should try to <laughs> be a good Samaritan. And so I, I cracked the door open a little bit. And then I got like a closer look. And it was this bald figure with, as you said, no genitalia. It was kind of like a alien, kind of you know, the man who fell to earth or something. And and it just like dashed over to the door. And so I like quickly closed the door, <laughs> flipped the lock back, and then it just it just sort of manically started dismantling the entire lock. And then it just pulled out the whole mechanism. Oh dear! And I could see it was <laughs> it was just seconds before the figure was going to get inside and at that point i woke up my word that is that's a frightening uh <laughs> frightening imagery even as you as you, you 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 say it um do you think that the the trauma uh of having gone through this particularly with young people because they don't always get the full story they hear whispers and snippets of conversations and maybe a little bit of a newscast before they're, you know, rushed off to bed, uh, and so you know their imaginations run wild, and and uh, and their their minds can really race. You know, I'm just wondering. Um, I know you're not a psychologist, but do you think that the the trauma of the coronavirus age is going to carry on through the dream state with with younger people for generations, perhaps? I don't know. That's an interesting thing to ponder. I I suspect that children might be less affected by it because they don't have the longer string of memories that we have. We know this is completely unprecedented, but if you're 10 years old, you may think like, wow, that's, that's weird. And I, I think a lot of this does depend, though, on how directly affected you are certainly if you're in the front lines of the battle working in an ER room, you're, you could be traumatized by some of the things you go through. But if you're a kid, say, in a state that hasn't had too many cases and it's more just an annoyance not being able to go and do your regular schedule, it might be something that, that will leave um, less of an imprint on a person's psyche. But it really remains to be seen, I think, how this is all going to play out and how the effects are going to, to linger. So, yeah, if, if this just becomes a disease that keeps coming back and mutating, it, it certainly could um, be with us for, for years to come, both in the medical sense and, and in our dreamscape. Are there any techniques uh, that, that you know of or you've read about that might be handy to, to ward off the more disturbing dreams during this time? Well, there's, there's something uh, called uh, dream mastery if you're having nightmares where um, when you're awake, you can rehearse scenarios with, particularly for a repeating dream, you, you play the dream out in your mind, but you change the ending or change some of the fearful elements. So it's kind of a re-scripting. And if you do that 15 minutes a day, it's said to be uh, successful in, in sort of reorienting those, those kind of repeat nightmares in terms of, of just trying to reduce um, anxiety dreams and things like that. You could do something that's called dream incubation, 
which is right before you, you go to bed, you try to program yourself like I want to have a joyous dream about flying or, <laughs> or whatever it is. You, you kind of like give yourself programming suggestions rather than just uh, kind of um, let things play out um, like on shuffle. <laughs> right. So um, that, that's one, one approach that, uh, that could help. And do you journal your dreams? I don't, I don't, Richard. But occasionally, I've, I've started using my uh, phone to record dreams because my handwriting is notoriously awful, and that effect is really <laughs> magnified when I'm writing half asleep. So I've started to do um, these audio recordings of dreams on occasion. It's a little trickier to um, reference them, but uh, one thing that's helpful when you're recording your dreams, whether audio or handwriting, is to give them a title. That kind of gives them a gives them a little more identity. I, I, and a quick side note: there's also this um, app called SleepRecorder.com, which is voice activated, and that's kind of fun to play around with. When I was doing my research into sleep talking, I was curious as to whether I was doing that. And sure enough, the first first night out, I, I heard this kind of odd sing songy little phrase that uh, came out in the middle of the night. I guess you're not going to share that. <laughs> I don't know that I could aptly reproduce it. It was, it was more uh, unintelligible, really. It wasn't like any kind of uh, coherent statement. All right. I feel now I feel better about my own sleep talking. I have nothing to worry about. No one will be able to decipher. How do people, again, access the uh, article Dreams and Nightmares in the Age of Coronavirus? They can go to my website, nightmare.land, and it's uh, prominently featured in the media section. And it's also posted on the Coast website, coasttocoastam.com, in the articles archive. And uh, the book, Nightmare Land, Travels at the Borders of Sleep, Dreams, and Wakefulness. How do we get a copy of that? Well, it's available on Amazon and the uh, various online sellers. There's also an audiobook and an ebook version of it. Lex, always a great pleasure. Look forward to working with you uh, again sometime soon on Coast to Coast and uh, Sweet Dreams. Likewise. Thanks for having me on your show, Richard. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back with a few words about an upcoming episode. Hey, I just published my April issue of Inner Sanctum, my free monthly newsletter. Each issue contains my monthly brief, news about upcoming episodes of my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show, a spotlight on past guests, a book club, my favorite podcast pick, and a This Month in Conspiracy History feature, and more. To subscribe to Inner Sanctum, go to my website, strangeplanet.ca and register. Just enter your name and email and you'll start receiving Inner Sanctum every month for free in your email inbox. Again, go to strangeplanet.ca and register. Why not do it right now? Coming up next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, columnist Adam Borowski examines what the world might look like post-coronavirus. You know, we talk about freedom, that we like freedom, etc. But actually, in times of crisis, especially in times of crisis, it's pretty tricky. And I think we prefer, most of us prefer this kind of um, approach where you have this kind of authority figure telling you what to do. 
Hey, Conspiracy Unlimited Plus subscribers. Don't miss my conversation with John Rappaport, the founder of No More Fake News, as he drills down on the suspect data behind the coronavirus pandemic. That drops this weekend. To become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus subscriber, go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Get Access to Premium Episodes. In the meantime, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.